0: You know, I, I um I love the way the Lord works. The message that I had prepared earlier in the week to preach to you guys today, the Lord gave me a different one this afternoon. And he's apt to do that. But before I get into that, I, I wanted I want to share with you. Uh, this morning has been difficult for me. And it actually started yesterday. Every weather report that I looked at yesterday uh, afternoon about noontime, every one of them I saw, and it didn't matter which meteorologist it was, uh, kept telling me that this morning, uh, about the time that we would be gathering here Uh, To worship this morning, uh, they kept saying that we would have intense weather that would be impacting uh, our area. They were calling for torrential rain. They were calling for 70 and 80 mile an hour wind. They were calling for hail. You name it, if it was bad, when it comes to weather, uh, they were predicting it all to happen while we were gathered here together. And my first thought yesterday was this. What do we do? You know, we weren't going to be uh, inside the, the, the church building. We were going to be outside. And I was going to be a lightning rod. No, I'm just teasing. But I kept thinking, what, what can we do? I, we, we can't have people sitting out here in this parking lot uh, during uh, during a storm that they were uh, talking about having, and I just, just the thought and the question kept coming to my mind: What do we do? So we decided to postpone our our resurrection day service until this evening, and I felt pretty good about that decision. But as the day went along, that doubt began to creep into my mind. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You see, that doubt began to creep into my mind, and and this question question I kept hearing was, is this the right thing to do? This just isn't any Sunday. I mean, this this is Easter Sunday. This is... Uh, resurrection Sunday you can't do that you cannot postpone it until the afternoon this is something that's got to happen at sunrise this is when it's got to happen you just can't postpone it but you see that voice that I kept hearing that kept uh, uh, making me doubt that kept asking those questions that was not the Holy Spirit you follow me that was not the Lord And then I woke up this morning and and, and I looked outside and the weather wasn't doing anything. And as the hours uh, passed this morning, uh, without all that severe weather they were predicting, a thought began to creep into my mind. Boy, you done messed up. You have royally messed up. You called off Easter service, and everybody's going to be mad at you. Do you see what was happening right here? The devil, the devil was 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 beginning to make all of these accusations and make me uh, doubt things and and ask me these questions and and I'm gonna tell you what uh, in, in that moment I didn't realize what was going on. I, I just began to, to begin to worry and begin to doubt and begin to feel uh, troubled. So I went to my office to spend some time alone with the Lord this morning. And When I got there, there was Miss Jeannie. She was in her office, and she was working away like she always does. My little wife had fixed her an Easter uh, basket of sorts. It was more of a bucket with a bunch of stuff in it, but it was cute. I have to say that because she's on the front row right here. (laughs) But she had fixed her uh, this Easter basket, and I I brought it into her and she immediately looked at me and and she said what's wrong you look extremely burdened and i began to explain to her what was going on in my heart and in my mind and she said i want to pray for you and i'm glad she did After she prayed, I I went back into my office and I began to read God's Word and I began to pray and He reminded me of a few things as I was doing that. First thing He reminded me of is who He is. See, sometimes we we, we uh, tend to forget about just exactly who He is. He reminded me who he is. Notice I didn't say who he was, but who he is. And he reminded me of the significance of this very day. And then he began to remind me of who my enemy is. That same enemy that was... uh, I know you've seen the imagery in the cartoons of the person standing there and him having an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other shoulder. Well, uh, let me tell you what, that's exactly what he does. He sits there and he, he starts saying these things in your ear that create doubt and they create fear and they create anxiety. And the Lord reminded me of who my enemy is. And he reminded me that he is a liar... And that He wants nothing more for me as a believer than to be burdened down and to be fearful. You see, it's when I am in that place, when I am burdened down and when I am fearful, that I am no longer effective as a disciple for the Lord Jesus Christ. And the third thing he reminded me of as I was praying and I was uh, reading his word is that I am not him. I am not God. I am flesh and blood. I'm a sinner saved by grace. And that I am nothing. Let me say that for those of you in the back. I am nothing without him. You see, this past Friday, we we celebrated a day that we call Good Friday. And it was on that Friday that Jesus became my sin. And He became your sin. And God utterly destroyed Him on the cross at Golgotha. You see, this event uh, was so shattering that Scripture tells us that the earth turned dark. That the earth itself quaked and the, uh, the graves of the saints burst open. And that the veil hanging in the temple this massive tapestry that's hanging in the temple, separating uh, one part of the temple from the Holy of Holies, ripped from top to bottom. It was finished. Paul tells us in Romans that the wages of sin is death. death. And on that Good Friday, that debt, those wages were paid. And it was in that moment when Jesus said, It is finished that hell began to celebrate. You know, I'm I'm, I'm reminded of a song. It was a secular song back when I was a kid. It's called Hit Me With Your Best Shot. It was by Pat Benatar. You see, the best that hell could do was death. That's the best they have. Death. That was the biggest, most powerful arrow in their quiver is death. And friends, this morning, Jesus, Like the king that he is trampled hell's best shot under his feet when he walked out of that borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, when he walked out alive you got your bibles in your vehicle i want you to turn to the gospel of luke the lord uh, originally had me preaching out of matthew but i want you to turn to the gospel of luke in chapter 24 and i'm going to read verses 36 37 38 and 39 and verse 36 begins like this it says now as they said these things Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them peace to you but they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit and he said to them why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts behold my hands and my feet That it is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Let's pray. Father God, we're so thankful for this day. Father, for this resurrection Sunday, Lord, when you called your son out of the grave and he walked out alive, Father, defeating death. God, we're thankful so much for Your Word this afternoon. Father, I just ask that You would fill my head with Your wisdom and my mouth with Your words, Father, that You might be glorified here in this very hour. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You see, the Lord led me to this passage of Scripture this afternoon when I was sitting uh, in my office. As I began to read it, it... it uh, it actually turns out is somewhat of a uh, Resurrection Day timeline appropriate event, given that we are late in the afternoon here on Resurrection Sunday. Now I want to take just a moment real quickly and describe to you what has transpired earlier today. And I'm, using, I'm saying earlier today just as if we were there. Earlier today, uh, the two Marys came to the tomb and they didn't find Jesus there. He wasn't there. Later on in the day, He met with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus and He, he had uh, lunch with them. He broke bread with them. And it was in that moment that their eyes, the Bible tells us that their eyes were open and they realized who he was. And in that moment he was gone and then uh, they ran on to, uh, uh, to Jerusalem to where uh, the, uh, the eleven were found together and, and they were in a room. Now I want you to keep in mind they're in this room and they got the doors locked and they're scared to death. You see, what had happened, uh, uh, their Lord, their master, their rabbi had been uh, uh, executed on a cross. He had been crucified and he was dead and had been dead for a few days and they were terrified, they were scared. But yet these two uh, disciples come running in and they they tell them in, in verse 34, they say, the Lord is risen indeed. They had just broke bread with Him. So can you imagine what's going through their minds right here? Is, uh, they're, they're filled with all this anxiety and all this doubt and all this fear, and these two disciples burst in the door and they say, The Lord is risen indeed. And then they begin to tell them about what had happened on the road to Emmaus. And that's where our text here begins. Verse 36, it gives us a description of... Uh, 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 it it talks about uh, the disciples in this room and and I want you to get that in your mind uh, uh, of them being in there and the doors locked and the windows locked and them all huddled together and these other two disciples telling them about what had transpired and then all of a sudden scripture tells us here in verse 36 that Jesus himself stood in their midst can you imagine that? Can you imagine being in this room and and, and sort of in a a circle? I'm sure the room wasn't very big. In, in, In a circle and they're sitting here and they're talking about this and then all of a sudden, Jesus himself appears in their midst. He's just, boom, he's there. And the first words out of his mouth are these three words, Peace to you. In the midst of my anxiety this morning, in the midst of my doubt this morning, I was reminded that I serve a resurrected Savior. This spoke clearly to my heart today. I am alive. I'm here with you. Peace to you. Look what it goes on to say in verse 37 right there. Uh, It says, But they were terrified and frightened, and supposed they had seen a spirit. The Bible tells us they were terrified. I probably would have been too. The last recollection they had of Jesus was of Him dying on a cross and them uh, taking Him down. Now here a few days later, boom, there He is in the middle of the room and says, Peace to you. But look what they were, uh, why they were scared, what they were scared of. They thought they were seeing a ghost. Jesus never said, uh, leading up to the cross and and all of these things, He never said, in three days, I'm going to come back as a ghost. He never said that. But he did say many times uh, throughout the gospel that he would be raised up or that he would rise again. You see, what he was telling them in saying that was not I'm coming back as a ghost, but that I'm going to live again. This body is going to live again. Again. You see, in the problem right here is the disciples doubted that that would actually come to pass. How do you know that, preacher? Look what Jesus says in verse 38. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your heart? You see, they had heard what he said. They had heard that he had said he was going to be betrayed and that he was going to be killed and that he said, I will rise again. But yet they doubted it. But look what he follows with in verse 39. Behold my hands and my feet that it is I Myself. Handle Me and see. In other words, touch Me. Put your hands on Me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Friends, He is indeed risen from the dead, body and soul. And that means so many things that uh, I could go on for hours concerning this subject. Believe me, I could because of the significance of the fact that He was raised from the dead, but uh, I'm going to limit it to just this, just for for time's sake, because we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper here in just a second. So I'm going to limit it to this. You see, in this moment that we just read about, the disciples doubted what He said could actually come to pass that He could literally and physically rise from the dead. But see what happened here. Not only did He say it, then He proved it. And by doing so, He proved uh, that His words to be trustworthy, to be truth, You see, we're living in an age where people are huddled together in their rooms just like the disciples were right here. Uh, They're afraid and they're doubtful and they're filled with anxiety. Just as the disciples were afraid as to what was going to become of them after their master had been hanged on a cross, many times folks today are they're scared for the welfare of their friends and they're scared for the welfare of their loved ones. In the events that are going on nowadays within our country, uh, they're scared for the ability to provide for their families, because some people are laid off and they're losing their jobs. Some people are even worried about what this nation is going to look like after this pandemic is over. They're worried about it. They're scared. But what I'm here to tell you this afternoon, friends, based on what this book says, you see, I already proved that his word to be trustworthy because he did exactly what he said. But I want to tell you, based on what this book says, peace to you. Jesus Christ is alive today. In the year 2020, in the midst of all the things that are going on, he is alive today. He is trustworthy. His word is trustworthy. He is free of any fear. He's free of a troubled heart. He's free of any doubt. I'm going to share with you my favorite verse of Scripture. And I want you to keep in mind, I know y'all in your car, but you're gonna go back home in just a little bit, and you're gonna live out your life there at home. And I want you to think about this verse of Scripture. Because he's alive today. This word says it, and I believe it. So think about this verse of Scripture. It's found in John chapter 16 in verse 33 he said these words these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace peace to you remember that's what he just told these disciples in the world you will have tribulation would you all agree with that? But he says these words, Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You see, and that's why we're gathered here today to celebrate the fact that he has indeed overcome the world. He has overcome sin by what happened Friday. And he overcome death by what happened today. So, my question to you is this will you trust him? In spite of all the things that are going on in your life and going on around you, will you trust him? i don't care how bleak uh uh, all of the, the 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 eggheads excuse excuse the way i put that i don't care what all the eggheads say when you turn on the tv and and this person's in washington and this one's in baton rouge and all these things i don't care what all they say he has overcome the world will you trust him pray with me father god we're thankful lord lord we're so thankful Father, for this day. Father, for what it represents. Father, that the tomb is empty. Father, that your blood was shed on Calvary. Lord, we're just so thankful, Father, that we're just humbly bowing before you. Father, if there be one here in a car today, Father, that has not trusted you, Lord, I pray that today would be the day. Lord, that you would draw them with your Holy Spirit. Lord, if there be one here that is a believer, Father, and they're they're full of anxiety and they're full of doubt, I pray, Lord, that they would open their ears and their heart to hear you say, Peace to you. Father, that you've proven, Lord, that your word is trustworthy. Father, that you were in control. God, we're thankful for our time here this evening, Father. God, we pray that you've been glorified, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, I sent out a message the other day. It said we were going to receive the Lord's Supper. And I encourage you to bring your own elements I ran off and left mine, keep moving this thing, this podium out here. And that's what I'd like to do right now. But before we do that, I want to read a couple of verses of Scripture to you. They're found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And before we do any of this, I'm going to read these verses of Scripture, and I want you to ponder it. I want you to think about it. In verse 27, Paul writes here, he says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body, the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. What is Paul talking about right here when we read this? Well, first, let's look at what He means when He says unworthy manner, He's talking about uh, ritualistically. He's talking about partaking of this sacred uh, meal indifferently, not uh, uh, understanding or not fully grasping what He were doing here by partaking of the body and of the blood. An unworthy manner is an un, with an unrepentant heart. Partaking of this, uh, uh, having a spirit of bitterness or an ungodly attitude. That's what Paul's talking about when he warns us against partaking of this in an unworthy manner. And he says right here that when we do, we drink judgment to ourselves. So before we do this, I want to give all of you uh, just a few moments right there in your vehicle uh, to pray that you may not be partaking this in an unworthy manner. Would you pray with me? Father, we're thankful for this sacred institution, Lord, of Your Supper. Lord, for the elements, Lord, and what they represent, Father, the bread being Your body that was broken. Lord, and for the wine, the juice that represents Your blood that was spilled on Calvary's cross. God, and I lift up each and every one in the vehicles here, Lord, that if there be something on their heart, Lord, that you would convict them, Lord, and that they would confess that to you. Lord, that they would get it under that blood. God, I ask that you would forgive me. Lord, I love you. Lord, and I thank you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you've got, normally we have our deacons here, our elders here, and we pass the elements about. So if you're here today and you wish to participate, I trust that you have your bread with you. I'm thankful that my son went in there last night and he made some unleavened bread. I appreciate that. So if you all have your bread, take it in your hand and let's pray. Uh, scripture tells us that he prayed. Let's pray and give thanks. Father God, we're thankful, Lord, this evening, Father, for this bread. Father, we're thankful for your body that was broken for us. Where it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to read a couple of verses of Scripture here to you. From 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 23 it says this For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread And when he had given thanks he broke it and said Take eat This is my body which is broken for you Do this in remembrance of me on that same night he spoke these words he passed the wine around passed the cup around So, if you have your cup with you, I ask that you take it in your hand and let's pray. Lord God, we're thankful here tonight, Lord, for this cup. Father, for what it represents. Lord, the blood that you spilled on Calvary. Father, the blood that made atonement for our sin. Lord, that covered it, and that washed it away. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me read to you what Paul wrote here in verse 25 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He said, In the same manner he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. You see, this sacred meal that we just partook of is more than just eating a few crackers and drinking some grape juice. But we're remembering the sacrifice that the Lord Jesus Christ made on the cross of Calvary. The Gospel of Matthew, after Jesus and His disciples partook of the Lord's very first Lord's Supper, Scripture tells us they departed that upper room singing a hymn. And I hate I can't be standing here where I can hear you singing that hymn, but I know all of you know it so let's sing it together it's called nothing but the blood of jesus it goes like this what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of jesus what can make me whole again Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow That makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. God bless all of you. You are dismissed in Jesus' name.